What would be your choice between apple and orange? Cranberry. Get out of my house. Hello and welcome back to WTF Are You Talking About? I'm your host, Emma. I am joined this week by my wonderful co-host, Ryan. Say hi. Hello. We are normally joined by the equally as wonderful co-host, Gabby, but she's off gallivanting in Portugal, so we hate her. So equally wonderful, uh, hello? (laughs) I have nothing to say to that. We have a great show lined up for you today. We're going to start out with a little bit of Am I the Asshole to judge some people on the internet, our favorite activity over here. Then we'll do a round of Would You Press the Button, where we are asked questions from an all-powerful and omnipotent button on the internet. Very fun. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. Let's get into it. Once again, we re-enter the wonderful subreddit known as Am I the Asshole to find out who's in there, do a little digging, do a little investigative journalism, and then make some judgments. If you're just tuning in for the first time, Am I the Asshole is a subreddit on Reddit where people post stories of situations where they think they might be in the wrong, and then the comments section judges them in an ongoing poll. We're going to read some of those stories to decide who is wrong and who is right. We are judge, jury, and asshole-cutioner, and our verdicts are final. A few terms worth you knowing before we get into it are the four types of judgment. YTA is you're the asshole. NTA, not the asshole, ESH, everybody sucks here, NAH is no assholes here, and then there's just a few more terms such as asshole probation, which is a homebrewed judgment that we've come up with here that we tend to hand down to minors or people who have been dicks but not quite assholes, edit, meaning that someone has come in after posting to just add some more context to their post, and finally info, which is just a request for more information to make a better judgment. Let's begin. Should I start us off considering I've been gone and I've been sitting on all these stories that I've been wanting to include here? I think absolutely you should. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Let me pull it up right now. Ha 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 Ryan is currently reaching for Flaming Hot Cheetos. It's true. There's a nice little crunch going into the sound waves here. Do, do you not eat Cheetos? Or like, have you never? I have eaten Cheetos. I'm, like, not really a Cheetos girl. They would never be my first choice. Hmm. What would you be your first choice? Out of any chip in the world? Yeah. Okay. I really love... Back home, we get these big bags of Lay's dill pickle chips. They're the best things in the world. Mm. They're so good. Anyways, let's kick it off. Am I the asshole for telling my sister that her engagement ring was cheap? I, a 26-year-old woman, have a wife, Katie, also 26. I have a younger sister, Lydia, 22, who got engaged to her fiancé, Seth, 24, around a month ago. Seth's family is pretty well off. His parents both work in the business sector and can afford a very lavish lifestyle. Although Seth has a decent job, his parents send him money regularly. He proposed to Lydia with a very expensive ring that they both constantly brag about. Seth claims the ring is worth about 50k. Katie, my wife, is a jeweler and has been one for a long time, so Lydia asked if she could clean and polish the ring as a favor. Katie agreed. She told me later in private that the ring is made of cheap materials and is worth no more than $30. After a long conversation, we decided it would be best if I told Lydia. I talked to Lydia in private and explained to her as gently as possible that Katie had a good look at the ring and that it is definitely not worth the money that Seth said it was. Lydia was shocked. She said Seth must have been scammed by whoever he bought the ring off of. Lydia later talked to Seth. I wasn't there for the conversation, but apparently Seth knew the ring was cheap and was hoping Lydia wouldn't find this out. Lydia ended up calling off the engagement and is currently staying with a friend and not talking to Seth. My parents are furious with me and Katie and are accusing us of sabotaging my sister's relationship and said we should have minded our own business. They said there's unfair pressure on men to spend a lot of money on rings and that we were being selfish. A lot of our extended family also think we're the villains, so I'm wondering if what we did was the right thing. Am I the asshole? Let's discuss. I actually think it's pretty cut and dry. He was lying, so no, not the asshole. If they had decided mutually to get a cheap ring, or he didn't lie about the cost of the ring, then it's a little weird to, while doing a favor for someone, also be doing a value assessment. It's probably just instinct if you've been a jeweler for that long. Yeah, I would imagine also if you've been a jeweler for many years and someone gives you a ring and is like, this is a $50,000 ring. I feel like she probably wasn't even meaning to value assess it. It, She just was like, oh my God, this is a $30 ring. And she's been told this is over 50K. So that's my other very large confusion with this story. How do you confuse a $30 ring with a 50k ring? That feels impossible. How do you even get a $30 ring? Is it plastic? I'm not well-versed in the diamond world and stuff, but I do feel like if someone gave me a diamond ring, I just feel like you'd have to know. The thing is, and I understand that I'm not well-versed in this either, 
But in my brain, she was wearing a ring pop. It doesn't... <laughs> so, are they the asshole? No. I'm gonna also agree with no. And Reddit has good take. <laughs> it's incredible. It happens every once in a blue moon. They also agree with that. I do get where the parents are coming from with there's pressure on whoever is proposing to spend all this money and whatnot. And I think that that pressure is there. But the issue isn't that he couldn't afford the world's nicest ring for her. The issue is that he lied about it. It's a bad foot for the relationship to get started on. Yeah. A much better foot for the relationship to get started on would have been, hey, I would like to buy a cheap ring because I think that De Beers is evil and I'd rather <laughs> use this money for something better. How do you feel about that? Instead of just being sneaky. And if he was being sneaky because he knew that conversation wouldn't go the way that he wanted it to and she would really, really want an expensive ring, then I think that there's probably a values dissonance that yes. means you maybe shouldn't, should reconsider your engagement strongly because... That is true too. That's going to cause problems down the line, almost certainly. There's also a lot of questions to be had for the intellectual well-being of the guy who thought that he would get away with this forever because she'll have the ring <laughs> for, like, this is not a short con. You are running this for the rest of your lives. Not a great plan. I think we can sum this one up. I think we can sum this one up. I think we are in agreement, as is Reddit. How wonderful. Not the asshole? Not the asshole. Case closed. <laughs> <laughs> now we return to the well of infinite potential that comes from weddings. Wedding stories. Did the last one count as a wedding story? It's close it's, enough. It's wedding adjacent. Yeah, yeah. Am I the asshole for not wanting to attend my brother's destination, in quotation marks, wedding? The in quotation marks wedding already has, that's piqued my interest. Let's go. Is it a puppet wedding? That was still a real wedding, even if it was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> real weird. <laughs> last year, my brother got engaged to his girlfriend. She's great, they're great, no issues. Good. Over the course of last summer slash spring, they started ramping up talk of doing a wedding in an exotic destination that will cost me and my other brothers quite a bit of money to attend. However, we were all up for it since this was his wedding and we wanted him to be happy. About a month ago, my parents, his girlfriend's parents, and them take a trip to this exotic locale under the guise of taking pictures for the wedding. Odd, but whatever. They come back and announce to everyone that they had a secret wedding in said exotic locale, but they still want people to come to their second wedding, in quotation marks, next year in the same exotic locale. While my brother and I are not at all upset about him eloping, we all feel like this is just a poor financial decision to spend 5 to 10k each to go to what is tantamount to a second fake wedding. We have no problem attending whatever ceremony they want in our city slash state, but it's a big financial commitment, not to mention the time needed to take off work, etc. Newly wedded brother is clearly not happy with this, and is saying we are all terrible people. I am much older than him, but he says this is what young people do now. Really? Two uh, weddings? <laughs> what the fuck? Anyway. Am I the asshole for backing out of this fake wedding? I feel bad that he is taking this so personally. And maybe I'm not seeing something here, but I really don't think we're wrong for not wanting to spend all this money. I think my first instinct is leaning towards not the asshole. I'm going to break this story down. So they're talking about getting married in this place, but then they went to this place with both sets of parents and had essentially an elopement there. Yes? Yes. But they were already talking about getting married in this place, but they... The situation's very bizarre. It's very bizarre. I mean, the fact that I can't even, like, that I'm just trying to think about it. Why couldn't they have just... Why not just get married? Like a, like a non-weirdo? Yeah, I mean, don't go twice. But also, even if you did want to go twice, if that was your plan and you laid that out from the get-go, I kind of think it would be a different situation. It's the fact that he didn't, that they went being like, oh, we're going to take pictures for the wedding, which, first of all, what? Bizarre. My first instinct on this story was not the asshole. But the more I thought about it, the more I started to wonder how much the emotions of being lied to, which is completely fair, and also just the confusion because of how bizarre this whole situation is, was affecting the brother's judgment. Because he was up to spend the money for a wedding, because he was fine with that. Once it was no longer a real official wedding, he was no longer down. Nothing has actually changed materially. Yeah, I think that that's what's confusing me, is that I'm assuming that what they did when they eloped is that they, like, signed the papers so that they're officially husband and wife. But it seems like the wedding is still to come? Right, right. So I don't completely understand what the brother's problem is materially. The lying? No good. The bizarre behavior with no explanation? 
or at least a faux explanation. The original poster added that the couple's parents, both sets, were quite old, and so they wanted to get this wedding done slightly early to make sure that they could, all the parents could be there in case something happened, which is not a good explanation, really. No, because how old could these parents possibly be if this is like this person's younger brother? I don't know, and it's hard to speculate. It's hard to speculate on that, yeah, that's like an impossible. But the reasoning is bizarre unless someone is terminally ill, which you'd think the poster would note. <laughs> yeah, because I think that that is a different situation if mm-hmm, there's something mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, I really want my mom to see me get married and, you know. Right. Yeah, I guess, I mean, that's a really good point. There's nothing has changed. He was happy to spend the money and take the time off for it, and now he's not. But he said he was fine with the elopement. I kind of don't understand. I kind of feel like he's just drawing, like, arbitrary lines. Yeah. Which I don't think is, like, asshole behavior, necessarily. That is the problem. I think that he's not... <sighs> Perhaps what has changed is that he kind of didn't want to go because it's a huge hassle, but his brother said, I love you, I want you there when I get married, which is different to, I want you there so that we can have a big party, basically. Yes. And so there is, while I suppose materially nothing has changed, there is a symbolic difference between actually being there for the wedding of the two people versus the event of the wedding. Yeah. I'm leaning right now towards no assholes here. I like the idea of no assholes here because I don't think the brother is necessarily an asshole, but I do think he fucked up by not being honest about this situation. Yeah. And it does, you know, it's speculation, but it does suggest to me that he was not honest about this situation because he anticipated he might get a negative response on it. So he just went ahead with it and then decided, all right, well, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. Yeah, I think people are displaying asshole behaviors, but I don't know if it's enough from any person for me to confidently say any verdict other than no assholes here. Okay. Like, because I don't think everyone sucks here. I think everyone's just a little bit... It's just kind of a weird situation. They didn't have their stand-up. No one's aligned on any of their priorities. It's a, you know... Oh my god. That's why they need to get a sauna. What does Reddit say about this? Reddit said, not the asshole. I can also see that. What's Reddit's reasoning? Are there any... Are there any weirdos in the comments? No, for the most part, the comments are being quite reasonable. There's some people who are running classic armchair psychologist and trying to suggest reasons for why the brother did what he did. And to be fair, I was just doing that a moment ago. But for the most part, people are saying, not the asshole, you should go to your brother's wedding, but you're not required to go to your brother's giant party. But I can understand why the brother would be confused. Because he was down for one thing. And in the brother's mind, it's the same. Again, it just feels like a weird line drawn in the sand. I'm personally sticking with no assholes here. I'm going to say not the asshole. And I can't exactly explain why, because I don't think the brother who got married is an asshole. He's just a little annoying. (laughs) (laughs) You know. You're like, I wouldn't, I don't want this to be near me. Yeah, I just don't want to hang out with him. Case closed. Let's go. Jumping into a little bit of one about parenting issues, which is, I also find another kind of hot topic on Reddit, am I the assholes? Am I the asshole for letting my son play in the waiting room of the doctor's office? Son is two. We're at the doctor because I'm 98% sure he has an ear infection. We go to a doctor's office that doesn't have any sort of play area or anywhere for kids to kind of hang around. We go here pretty frequently, so my kids have the same sort of routine. You're allowed to roam the room without bothering other people or yelling. They like to do typical kid things like walking in circles around empty chairs or looking at the art on the wall and tell me what the shapes are. There was only one other woman in the waiting room. She was probably 50 years old. So while we are waiting, my little son is doing his typical thing. Now let me add that when there have been other people, as long as he follows my rules, they don't seem too bothered by it. So I thought it was going to be the same thing with this woman. My two-year-old is walking around an empty chair near me and babbling and telling me things like star and circle. I promise it wasn't loud. It's unacceptable behavior to be loud in a quiet setting. This woman begins to huff and sigh and seems very irritated. I thought maybe it was the wait time since it was taking a good minute for either of us to be called back. Then the woman kind of hissed, I can't believe people let their kids act like that. I asked her if she was annoyed by my kid and she said, yes, he's so loud, he should be sitting quietly. I told her, ma'am, he's two. He's not hurting anything or screaming, he isn't near you. She got all huffy and told me, you need to be a better mom and control your son. Y'all, I was floored. About that time we got called back So I just got his bag and him and went back. I'm not gonna lie, I really felt like crying, but it may be rude and out of the line to let him walk around and talk about everything instead of trying to keep him in a place. Am I the asshole? So is the 50-year-old woman two years old? (laughs) If 
And granted, who knows the veracity of the mother's description of the story. But if it's just as innocent as she described, what an enormous overreaction from the 50-year-old. You are an adult, you should act like it. If a two-year-old is doing something a little inconsiderate, you just deal with it? Because, I don't know, we live in a city. I see people who are like 30 years old just like pissing in a corner. <laughs> you just deal with it, right? Yeah. That's kind of my take, I guess, depending on where you come from in the world. I'm guessing this comes from America because I've never really seen anything like this in the UK. But in American waiting rooms, a lot of times there's like little toys and things or like little books or something for kids to keep themselves occupied because obviously kids need that kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Enrichment. Enrichment. <laughs> kids need that kind of enrichment a bit more and all that. That's just context for anyone who has not been to a doctor's room like that. And so, yeah, maybe if there's nothing in this waiting area, I think it's totally fine for the child to be going around. It doesn't sound like it was, you know, busy and like he was in people's way and there was people trying to like move past him or was it an emergency room. It sounds like it's just this one other woman. I think she is not the asshole. I think that it sounds, from her description of it, sounds like this was just a reasonable thing. A child was just babbling. Also, like, kids are going to do things. I don't know. I, I kind of feel the same way when people get really pissed about, oh, my God, like, this baby is crying on a plane. Have you ever seen a parent who wants their kid to be crying on the plane? That's why in my New World Order, if anybody ever complains about a baby on a plane crying, you just get handed a parachute. Get off my plane, you moron. What's your verdict? Well, not the asshole, think? obviously. But I feel fairly confident that Reddit will disagree because it's filled with misanthropes in their late teens who would be handed many parachutes in my perfect world. <laughs> Oh no. Uh, shocking. You're correct. Reddit called her the asshole. Let's go through some of these comments. You're the asshole. When he is sick, keep him close. You don't want him to infect others. And this is the doctor's. You don't want him to catch something either. I think one, he has an ear infection. Those aren't contagious, right? Aren't they not? Maybe the old woman was sucking on his ear. <laughs> <laughs> but, and then the, and the doctor's, you don't want him to catch something either sounds like there was one other person in a large waiting room. Yes, I do agree with that. However, it did jog my memory. When I was, I don't know about this child's age, but when I was a little bit older and I had the mental faculties to remember things, my mom did make me keep my hands in my pockets at all times while in a doctor's office. So I want to see that. I want to see little baby Ryan wandering around the doctor's office, like hands firmly stuck in the pockets. And I wore like so many cargo shorts at that age, so I had so many pockets to choose from. One of my many, many cargo pants pockets. There's so, there's so much choice when you have those on. Oh my god! You're the asshole. Little germ factory. If they are sick, they can infect everyone in that room. They can infect someone with a compromised immune system and get very sick. Sit the kid down with an iPad or a phone. Oh my god, you're an idiot. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> Mostly because you didn't read the story. There was one other person in the room. Don't be a giant baby. Second, I mean, just give your kid an iPad. Yeah, that'll be fine for their growth and intelligence. Yeah. If there's one person in the room, and I know I keep harping on this, but it's true, then it's completely different. You're not going to infect one person who's on across the room from you. What is it, greater than six feet? You're good to go. You're good to go. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly, I'm just going through all of these comments, and that is the largest thing is, you're the asshole. As a child-free person, I understand that kids will be kids, but you were at the doctor's office because he was sick. Letting him run around and spreading his germs is gross. Next time, I would just bring some quiet activities for him to do. I do appreciate that they did a nice suggestion at the end. I think that that's good because I think that that's a good solution, you know? Bring a little workbook. I don't know what kids do these days. Get him a pack of wiki sticks. My mom always oh, had a, yeah, a bunch of those, those in her things. purse. those little things, yeah. Those little fun things. Yeah. I also love the notation of, as a child-free person, how do you find out if someone's child-free? Wait four seconds and they'll bring it up. <laughs> This is like the new, the new vegans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is very much went, the new vegan. It went CrossFit, vegans, child-free people. There is only one thing worse than a rapist. A child. No. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm sorry for being the bearer of bad news, but also... Um, it's bad news bear. <laughs> oh, what kind of bear would I... I don't know. I'm, gonna... I'm sorry. <laughs> Back to the post. So it sounds like Reddit is really thinking she's the asshole. And I do think that there are some, like, again, I think that bringing a quiet thing is a good suggestion, all that kind of stuff. 
I think she's not the asshole, though. Yeah, she's definitely not the asshole. And again, we're taking her at face value here. Maybe he was just fucking screaming running around this chair and she was not taking heed of that, in which case she'd be an asshole. Yes, you, for sure. Well, if she was completely ignoring it, then yeah. If she was trying yes. and it wasn't working. Because again, yeah, all those times that I see parents trying to calm down their kids. Like, those parents just <laughs> look like they're having a bad time normally. As if someone's upset that a baby's crying on a plane. Guarantee you the person holding that baby's having a worse day than you are. Yeah. <laughs> Reddit's wrong. I'm gonna say Reddit's wrong. Not the asshole. Not the asshole. Case closed. You got a story for us? I do have a story for us. Oh my goodness. Am I the asshole for freaking out after seeing my copycat's new house is almost identical to mine? Copycat? I, 32 female, used to be friends with Sarah, 28 female. However, with time, she started exhibiting some odd behaviors that creeped me out. She started copying how I dress, how I do my hair, my way of life. It was to a point where people started noticing. Sarah and I worked together, and I didn't want to cause any issues at work, so instead of doing any sort of confrontation, I simply slowly distance myself and we mostly see each other at work, occasionally at some work nights out. She still copies my looks, but since she doesn't know much about my life beyond what she hears from others, she can't do much else. Sarah just moved into her new, freshly renovated house. She's invited our whole department for her housewarming party, and I couldn't really say no, and since everyone was going, I was fine with being there. When I entered her house, I felt like I was entering a distorted copy of my own house. She copied my house design as closely as she could. Obviously, she wasn't able to copy everything down to a T for various reasons, but she was pretty darn close. It felt so surreal and odd. It was like I was at my own house, but at the same time, I wasn't. I tried to ignore it, and since I only saw the ground floor, I didn't want to jump to any conclusions. But my co-workers did mention the similarities to me. We all got pretty drunk, and at one point, I needed to go to the toilet. The downstairs one was occupied, and Sarah told me I can go upstairs. I went with another co-worker as she needed a toilet, too. Walking upstairs, things have gotten even more creepy. Her carpets, her paints, her decorations, her furniture, everything kept matching my decor. I mentioned it to my co-worker, and she said she noticed but didn't want to bring it up. When I was waiting outside the toilet, I decided to snoop a little, which may make me an asshole as well. I entered her bedroom. It was bloody identical to mine, down to a blanket on her bed and the books on her bedside table. Heck, she even arranged her wardrobe the same way I have mine. Told you I snooped. I was done, and clearly alcohol gave me courage. I went downstairs and went ballistic, shouting at her to stop being an effing creep and to stop copying me with everything I do. I grabbed my stuff, told her to get a life, and left her house. A few co-workers followed me trying to comfort me. She's been trying to contact me since, messaging me that it was her private bedroom and I wasn't supposed to see that, and I shouldn't have been creeping in her house, and what an asshole I was for shouting at her and making a scene in her own house. I do feel bad for causing a scene, but I must say, it creeped me out. I am not proud of losing control, but before I reply to her, was I really the asshole here? This is insane. It's a very bizarre story. This feels like a weird, I feel like I've seen a movie about this. I think there's probably a lot of movies about this kind of concept. I think the biggest thing for me is that it wasn't just this person noticing it. The other coworkers. The other coworkers. Confirmed. So it's not just some weird thing in your head where maybe the design choices were like similar. It was like same styles, but it wasn't like a copy, but maybe you're just reading into it. Your main character syndrome kicks in. Yeah. The fact that other coworkers were noticing this, it makes it definitely seem like this was a very evident and clear thing. This is weird. And also props to the poster. Sounds like she is very self-aware where she's like, maybe you shouldn't have snooped as much as I did. Maybe I had too much to drink. Maybe you shouldn't have blown up in the way that I did. But I think not the asshole. This is weird. And also I want photos. <laughs> and here's where I'm going to get a little pedantic. The question is, am I the asshole for blowing up at my coworker? And I think yes. Um, because okay. I haven't decided yet. It could be an everybody sucks here because the coworkers are being very, very weird. But just because someone has been weird doesn't give you license to explode on them. Maybe you go to the police and let them know that if you go missing, the person who moves into your house and is wearing something that looks like your face stapled to their face, investigate that, right? But I don't think you just go screaming. I think that that kind of makes you an asshole, even if you're right. I see where you're coming from, and you're going back to the original question. I think... It is a weird and creepy enough situation where if it's at that point, I think it's concerning. I think she should maybe go to the police. Like, this is like, like, this is just getting super, super weird. Is it an overreaction that I think this person should maybe go to the police and potentially get... It is an overreaction because the police can't do anything about it. Yeah, that's true. She hasn't done anything. But yeah. this is just super, super weird. The fact it's that very other weird. people are noticing, and especially also co-workers who it's like maybe aren't even your best friends and that kind of stuff. The housing 
is the most concerning part because of the level of cost associated with it. But the most deeply creepy part, really, is the matching books on the bedside table. Oh, I totally missed that. That's pretty bad. What? Yeah. Because also, when was the last time that this person was in the other person's house to know what books were on the bedside table? Because that, I don't know, I'm like super weirded out by the whole situation. I think, yes, there may have been a better way to deal with it, but I also think that's so intense. So in response to the book question, Sarah has been to the original poster's house quite a few times. Remember, they were friends to start with. Yes. Also, I I guess I don't know the timeline of that, though. Right, right. And she's got, you know, if she'll throw, like, a party or something where she's inviting office folk, she will invite Sarah. So Sarah was last, by the original poster's estimations, in her place about nine months ago. That's still quite a long time. Yes. To remember all this kind of stuff. I think if I were in the original poster's shoes and the last time that this person were in my house were nine months ago, I think I would have assumed that they maybe broke into my house. So that's exactly the direction that Reddit took it. So Reddit has said not the asshole, and every comment says some variation on this is creepy. Every other comment says some variation on she's got cameras in your house, she's broken into your house, and it's hard to imagine that she is because that would be insane, but also this person appears to be insane. I can see, you know, if you really like the way that someone dresses, being like, oh, like, where'd you get this? And, you know, getting some similar pieces, getting inspired by that kind of stuff with clothes and with hair, you know, and even to an extent with house stuff of like design aspects and like, you know, styles. But when it's down to a T, like the way that her clothes are organized in her closet and the books on the bedside table, that is really just so unsettling. It's very weird. So unsettling. But I don't think it absolves her from the yelling, in part because she has known this about Sarah for a while, and she never did anything about it, right? When she was first getting copied, she didn't approach Sarah on any level to say, hey, this is kind of weird. Now, granted, maybe she would be worried about that coming off as, like, egocentric or some kind of misunderstanding having occurred. But at this level, you know that this person is doing what they're doing on purpose, and I don't think yelling's the answer. I think you talk to them about it. Not one-on-one, probably. Oh my god, not one-on-one. They will maybe murder you. But it is tough, because every time I really put my feet into the original poster shoes, I am very disturbed. (laughs) I think, yes, ideally, there might have been a better way to handle it, but I also think that that is just so jarring and so insane that I'm like, you know what? I think, go for it. Reactions are gonna happen, and and it's fine. Not fine. I don't know. I think that it's going to be hard to control how you react. I agree with that. It is hard to control how you react. But that doesn't mean you're not an asshole for reacting in a bad way. Even against tough circumstances. And this is why I'm really struggling. Because I think that in this circumstance, I would probably react like that. But then I think I would have to, after the fact, think that I'm a bit of an asshole for handling it like that. You know, two assholes don't make a (laughs) non-asshole. It's the famous quote. Sun Tzu said that. Freddie Mercury said that. Gandhi said that. Edit as appropriate. (laughs) I totally see your point. I'm still going not the asshole for me. I think I just, I feel like my skin crawling with that story. I feel like I don't know how I would react in that situation. And so I don't feel like I can fault her. What I'm going to do before I give my verdict is tap into the consciousness of the public. Of the public? Weege, 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 weege. Boop, 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 boop. Okay. I have decided I'm going to give my verdict. Not the asshole. Okay. And the reason is... What, sh- what, yeah, what, what shifted you there? If I said everybody sucks here, and then we left this as case open and decided to hear back from the audience, I'm pretty sure they would all come down on your side. They would say not the asshole. And even if I'm not 100% sure, I think I'm, I'm willing to come down with the public and you on this one. Not the asshole. You're just afraid of the wrath of our Instagram followers. Um, follow us at what.tfpodcast. Not afraid of shit. Case, case closed. Case closed. Case, case closed. Case closed. Okay, case, case, clo- case closed. 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 I'm sick. Case closed. 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 Case
It's super case closed bizarre, but I think there's not much you can do about it. What I don't know what classifies you to get a restraining order. If I remember incorrectly from a year wrong about episode, there has to be an indication that that person is threatening you. Now, as some of you may have noticed, last week we didn't put up an episode. And that was because of a few things, but mostly it was just a timing issue. It was a super busy week. We didn't have time to record or to edit, but we did think we would have time. So before Emma got back, Gabby and I did a little recording and a little chunk of that was worth something. So we're going to stick it in here. As usual, Gabby is absolutely dying to share a story with me. So I always am. Okay. I've got a good one here. I think because it touches on philosophy quite a bit, which is Ryan's favorite topic maybe ever. <laughs> well, we'll see. I, I Parts of philosophy I do enjoy quite a bit. I graduated university with a degree in philosophy. But I also hate a lot of it because a lot of it's fucking dumb. Amazing. So I actually assigned Ryan some homework. Before this episode, I asked him to research the philosopher Hegel. Yeah, Frederick Hegel, classic German philosopher who I knew absolutely nothing about. And after a few seconds on his Wikipedia page, I understood why both his area of expertise and his style of writing are insane. And I think that unless you want to frighten every student who's ever entered your classroom, no professor would dare hand out a reading from Hegel unless you were like a doctoral candidate. I'm gonna read a quote about his first book that he wrote called The Phenomenology of Spirit. <clears throat> Hegel's book was poorly understood even by his contemporaries and received mostly negative reviews. To this day, the phenomenology is infamous for, among other things, its conceptual and elusive density, idiosyncratic terminology, and confusing transitions. Amazing. I feel like that tells us everything we need to know. But his work is kind of the focus of this post, so I thought it would be good to have that background information going in because it will make this um, make a lot more sense. I'll pop in with broad definitions if we need any. Amazing. So, here's the post. My, 33 female, husband's, 35 male, career in academic philosophy is ruining our marriage. My husband and I are both academics. We've been married for three years and been together for six. He is an academic philosopher and I am a physicist. He has recently expressed displeasure that I have never seriously engaged with his work. Now, I've read a bit of the classics of philosophy, but my husband's work is more in what I'm told is called the continental tradition. Is that anything you're familiar with? Hello everyone, it's me, Ryan. I'm recording this while I'm editing, but on reflection and now knowing the story that Gabby's about to read to me, the definition of continental philosophy I provided while we were first recording isn't super helpful. And because I really did study philosophy and so I just can't let anything rest, I'm giving you a new one that should hopefully be a bit more helpful. Continental philosophy in brief is just a philosophical tradition with a big central theme that the best way to learn about the world isn't through observation or empirical study, but by thinking about it and philosophically reflecting on it. And trust me, that weirdness is going to be a big part of this story. I, personally, not a fan. Yes, and she says, unfortunately, everything he's shown me has just seemed completely insane. <laughs> that is generally correct, yeah. The continental philosophers, if you will excuse me saying, were high on their own supply. <laughs> All right, so here's what the, the poster identifies as the problem. His work involves claims about physics that are just wrong and wrong in a very embarrassing way. I'll admit I'm a terrible person, but I had never read his thesis before. I tried reading it and it's riddled with talk about, for instance, the necessary relationship between matter having extension and possessing mass. He also talks about the shape of fundamental particles. This is obviously nonsensical slash wrong. Electrons have mass and are point particles. They don't take up space. In the thesis and some other papers he wrote, he seems to think of himself as scientific and a materialist, but his idea of what these words mean is stuck in like outdated 19th century ideas about atoms as like billiard balls flying around in space. I've gently tried to help him and explain how he might start to engage seriously with contemporary physics. He has never read a book on the subject and by his own admission is bad at math, but he just gets angry with me and explains that Hegel's system is presuppositional and the basis for all possible rational thought. So there is no need at all to read other texts in the first place. In parentheses, I have no idea what this means. Yeah, so this is what I was talking about when I said they were getting high off their own supply. A huge aspect of continental philosophy and epistemology and metaphysics is that you can derive a ton of information about the world, depending on who you ask, maybe all of it, just from logical reasoning in your own mind. 
So you get this absurd situation where he is suggesting that Hegel's method of thinking can reveal all of the mysteries of the universe without ever seeking evidence from, you know, the universe itself. It gets worse. Oh, great. Oh, goody. He will throw out terms like speculative propositions, but when I ask him to explain what this means or give me examples, he just starts giving me more inscriptions. He just starts giving me more inscrutable... You can tell this was written by academics. (laughs) He just starts giving me more inscrutable jargon that makes no sense. On top of that, he will repeatedly say German phrases or terms that he uses and pronounces incorrectly, in parentheses, I am a native speaker. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, man. It's so funny. He claims to understand the language, in parentheses, he doesn't. And tells me that Hegel can only be understood in the original German, but he clearly can't read the language, and when I've tried to read it in the original text, they make even less sense. Yeah, so he's actually semi-right about that. Hegel is notoriously difficult to understand, and the translations of his original German are often very difficult to understand as well because it's taking German words and phrases and trying to fit them into English words and phrases. It's tough. The uh, most comprehensive translation and commentary on that first book, Phenomenology of Spirit, is three times longer than the original text. I know. (laughs) On top of this, his obsession with Hegel himself has reached the point of creepiness. (laughs) At one point, he literally told me that all other work either agrees with Hegel so is redundant or disagrees with Hegel and is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That was the line I was so excited. God damn it. This is a bad philosopher. Just wait. He keeps a framed picture of Hegel on our nightstand in our bedroom. In fact, he even changed his phone's background from a picture of me to this same picture of Hegel. Give me just half a sec. <laughs> what the fuck? I feel like I'm competing with a 200-year-old philosopher for my husband's attention. He wants to have sex with Frederick Hegel. Yeah! <laughs> Recently, we got in a huge fight because he was trying to demonstrate an example of the Hegelian concept of the unity of opposites by claiming that the right and left hands are opposite but also identical. I told him this is wrong and that the left and right hands are not identical in any meaningful sense. And then she gets into a lot of, like, geometry and physics things that I'm not gonna read. He kept putting his hands together and tried to show how they are identical and kept failing because they're not and then got angry and stormed out of the house. I haven't seen him since. This was a day ago. Oh my god. I texted him and I haven't heard back. What do I do, Reddit? Do I just let this go? It's immensely frustrating that my account of my own field is not being taken seriously. He asked me to engage with his work, so I did. But it doesn't seem that he will repay me in kind. He has repeatedly told me that Hegel makes empirical science unnecessary and implied that my work is a waste of time and that I should be studying German idealism instead and read people like Fichte and Schelling who are apparently very popular in Germany, but I have never heard of them. Why is it okay for him to belittle my field, but I can't offer mild criticism of his? Am I the asshole? What are your thoughts? What are your initial takeaways? (sighs) He's a bad academic because he thinks that other fields don't have things to teach his field, which is patently moronic. Uncle Iroh would never have learned to redirect lightning if he hadn't taken inspiration from the waterbenders of the North. (laughs) We know this. Obviously. Second, he's a bad philosopher because he has decided that Hegel is always right and disregards philosophers who disagree, which is not how you do good philosophy. You read disagreeing points and then you come up with counterarguments to those points or you accept that someone else is right because you are unable to disprove them, which seems to have happened with this hand thing where his wife proved that the left and right hand are not identical. And his response was not to accept that he was either wrong or come up with a counter-argument. It was to storm off like a little baby. Ryan of the future jumping back in here to throw in a few of my thoughts from a little bit of background research that I've done since recording on the unity of opposites. It's actually something that can make sense. He just either didn't understand it or did a really, really terrible job of explaining it. And of course, regardless of that, If your wife doesn't understand the explanation you've given of a topic, you don't just leave the house in anger. That's friggin' weird. So that speaks volumes about his character as a man, and I believe he is a bad man. I was just going to say he is also a bad husband. Yeah, so that is a bad man, bad husband, bad philosopher, bad academic. How did they get married? 
I don't know. It seems as though this is like a new phenomenon in their relationship or it is like slowly taking over his life in a way that seems like a hyperfixation or something. The question she said is, what do I do? Do I just let this go? Why is it okay for him to be a little my field, but I can't offer mild criticism of his? It's not okay. I think we know where this has to go. And if we aren't doing, am I the asshole court? Because there isn't really an asshole question here. We're moving on into divorce court. Divorce court! Yeah, I think divorce, honestly. I think it depends. Mm -hmm. Your point earlier about hyperfixation does make me think, maybe get him an MRI. Yeah. Like if they've been, and we don't have the background, but if they've been married for 10 years and this is a sudden and new phenomenon, something catastrophic might be happening either psychologically or neurologically with him. I don't think you're at the point, because he's not a danger to you or to himself. He's just a danger to the vibes. <laughs> So I think maybe some kind of attempt at either therapy or, yeah, an MRI, yeah. a CAT scan, something to check if his brain is okay would be good. If neither of those things proves fruitful, yes, it's time to speak to an attorney. Yes. So to recap, they've been married for three years, together for six. All of his work has been in the continental tradition. Which is fine. You're allowed to work in the continental tradition. What's bad about him, obviously, is his attitude towards, I guess, other people, including his wife, and their work and thoughts. Yes. It seems as though he does not have much respect for her based on this, with things like her saying, hey, you're pronouncing those German words wrong, I'm a native speaker, and he's like, you're wrong. Honestly, I feel like he's being possessed by Hegel. I think he definitely has. Like, he's slowly starting to speak more German. The photo of... Hegel on his bedside table is going to slowly transition into being a photo of what he used to look like. Oh my god, it's like the Santa Claus! <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part was him changing his lock screen from a photo of her to a photo of Hegel. It's really bad, man. <laughs> that should have been a red flag. I mean, I think it was. He's um, in love with Hegel. I think he wants to fuck Hegel. I think he wants to fuck Hegel. He is Hegel or he wants to fuck Hegel. I don't know. I just, I had to tell you this. This was a, a viral one a few years ago. Mm. And when I was looking for stories this week, I remembered it. And I know that you're a um, philosophy build, so. Oh, absolutely. So I think then it's time for us to give our judgment. I think you got to try to level with him. Try to get him some help. Maybe like an intervention style, like bring over like his friends, parents, maybe some fellow philosophers. If he's still unwilling to accept any form of criticism, you gotta divorce. For sure. I'm 100% with you. Yeah. Case closed. Light on this high, good sticking away. Half a pint of whiskey every day. Aristotle, Aristotle was a bagger for the bottle. Hobbs was fond of his dram. And Rainy Day Carp was a drunken fart. I drink, therefore I am. And now we move on to our next segment, Would You Press the Button? Would You Press the Button is a pretty simple one. It's basically like playing a game of Would You Rather, but with a little cost to pay at the end of it. So your archetypal is, would you press the button, you get a million dollars, but someone somewhere dies. We're going to be getting these hot and fresh off of willyoupressthebutton.com, a website that was popular about 10, 15 years ago, so many of the questions are hilariously out of date. Starting us off hot, will you press the button? Your life goes exactly how you want, but you die in five years. I'm not pressing this button. For five good years, I'm all right. I'm not a Soviet economic model. <laughs> will you press the button? You will get to live in any fictional realm of your choosing and develop any relevant powers or abilities, but no one will be your girlfriend there either. Wow. Roasted. Roasted. Absolutely destroyed. That's really, really funny. No, I will not push the button. The either is so good. The either really just truly makes this. It's wonderful. I can't tell if it means the person who wrote this is forever alone or if they were just trying to put the users of this site on blast. I'm uh, I'm okay with either. I'm okay with either. I hope it's the second one. <laughs> Will you press the button? You get to do your hobby slash hobbies for a living, but you make minimum wage. No, I can just do my hobbies and not make a minimum wage. I also agree. I think also there's, this is just gonna be my little soapbox tangent for the moment. I think there's a constant aspect of, oh, you like doing this? Monetize it, make it a side hustle. You know, it needs to be this kind of thing. And you can also, you can just do something because you enjoy it. It doesn't have to be your, the way that you make money. It doesn't have to be your source of income. Your, your hobby can just be your hobby and it can just be that. And that's totally fine and also equally valid. I 110% agree with you on that. Will you press the button? 
You get to live in your favorite video game, but you must use the worst gear. No. I don't know what it... Can you translate, please? Items. Oh. So that means I have to wear the ugliest Mario Odyssey outfit? Yeah, pretty much. No, I would never. (laughs) I would never. He deserves his full closet. I agree. Will you press the button? You would be the smartest person in your peer group, but you would have to share a toothbrush with a random stranger? Honestly? I don't have to share a random stranger toothbrush now, so it's just a straight downgrade. Bazinga! Get out. Go go away. Go away. Also, the thought of sharing a toothbrush makes me want to vomit. But, like, I guess being the smartest person... I will not push the button. I'm not going to push the button. I don't want to share a toothbrush with a random stranger. That's gross. Will you press the button? You get to live in Narnia forever. But... The NSA is watching everyone at all times. That is a weird one. Because also, Narnia's never really struck me as, like, of all kind of magical fantasy lands that I'd want to go to, Narnia kind of isn't one that's, like, high up on my list. It's just Christian summer camp. Although you can talk to Beaver. (laughs) And Aslan the Lion. But didn't he die? He's all. That's also Jesus. Is Narnia an allegory for... Are you kidding me? I didn't know this. Narnia is like an allegory for the Bible? Yeah. What? Aslan is Jesus, man. Aslan is Jesus. Yeah. Are you kidding me right now? Remember in that first book where where he gets killed and then he comes back to save the day later? Yes, but I blocked that part out because as you can imagine, I was really upset Mm. when they killed Aslan. So were the disciples. (laughs) I'm good. I don't want to go to Narnia. The NSA thing is just unfortunate. Honestly, I welcome it. I've got nothing to hide. (laughs) <laughs> he says confidently. Um, yeah, Narnia's just, like, never never called to me as much as, like, other worlds to live in. Camp Half-Blood. As, uh, I thought you were about to say Camp Rock. Camp Rock. <laughs> as, I, as I'm saying as, that now. As much as I've wanted to do that marching thing with the Jonas Brothers offbeat hitting their sticks. Camp Rock! She's really good. Will you press the button? You get free tickets to any concert you want, but Rebecca Black is the opening act. This is one that has clearly been written in the year, what year ever Friday came out, when it's like, oh my god, lol, Rebecca Black, horrible. It's the year 2022. Rebecca Black is touring. Yeah, we've had a rebecca Sans. rebecca Sans. Yes, we've had a rebecca Sans. Rebecca Black is currently touring. Is she still my, like, I don't really listen to her. I don't think she's my, like, style of music necessarily. But I know people that have been to Rebecca Black concerts that have paid money to go see Rebecca Black. She's also the opener. Whatever. She's also she, the opener. She's a couple of songs, but, but, but you don't even always go to the opener. No. Yeah. You don't, you don't, yeah, deal with it. Yeah, I'll take my free tickets. Yeah, thanks. Let's go. Will you press the button? You're a musical prodigy who performs all over the world with no need to practice, but you're only allowed to eat plain white bread because everything else will kill you. This is the most you question I've ever seen. I'm actively sweating. Ryan loves music and he loves food. It's like two of his favorite things. You've done a lot to be able to, in past, you've given up your ability to read in this game. I have. To become, to be able to be a musical prodigy. Would you give up food though? Would you give up food? You look like you're about to throw up. I'm rocking back and forth. Like I'm losing my mind. <laughs> Ryan's about to have a breakdown. Oh. <laughs> I'm not well. I am unwell right now. This is like... I, this is, usually these questions are, I think, are kind of a slam dunk one or the other. I've never seen you stumped about one like this. White bread. White bread. Just white bread. Plain white bread. Uh, can, can I drink? I guess I assume obviously water, otherwise it's... I'm gonna go with you can drink water, but you can't. No smoothies? I'm thinking no smoothies, because that's... It's against the, you know, food. The, the spirit of the question. That's the spirit of the question. I think I think you could drink water for sure because you need water to live. Can I drink scotch? <laughs> Just drown out the sorrow. I don't think that I'd be able to eat a piece of white bread every single day and be sober the whole time. <laughs> And it's not just a piece, it's every... It's, it's all meals, it's, it's just bread. Meals. It's all bread all the time. It's all just wonder bread. I'm gonna just give my take. I'm not pressing this button. I love food, I love flavors. I think it'd be cool to be a musical prodigy. I'm not pressing this button. I'm also not pressing the button. I knew you'd end up at that. Yeah, yeah. I knew the one thing that yeah, would keep you. <laughs> I will not press this button. Will you press the button? Daddy's getting hot at the body shop, but... He's doing something unholy. I'm pressing the button. (laughs) Ring, 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 ring. Emma, do you know what that is? 
Oh my god, is it uh, is it the old Taylor who can't come to the phone right now? Sorry. Wait, let me check. It is. Do you know why? Because she's dead. Oh! Well, how did you know that? She called me, not... <laughs> did you kill her? Did you kill the old Taylor? <laughs> Maybe. I would never... Taylor, if you're listening to this, I would never... Taylor, also... Hi. Hi, I'm Taylor Swift. <laughs> I got flustered at the thought. <laughs> the thought of Taylor Swift listening to our podcast. <laughs> I I couldn't form words as if I was speaking to the real Taylor Swift. <laughs> this was just a joke, but I was like, oh my god, Taylor Swift is here, what do I say to her? That's pretty awesome. <laughs> but also, like, Taylor, if you are here, hi. I'm Taylor. I'm putting an end to this. But she might be. Anyway, she's not. She's not. Ring, ring. Oh, my phone's ringing. Oh my god, what? what? Hello? Is, is it, is everything okay? Is it an emergency? No, it's just our time. Our time's up. Oh! <laughs> uh, that's why he got we're, me. we're innovators. We're innovators. Anyway, <laughs> what did you learn today on the show, Emma? I learned that I guess there's some people who can't tell when they're wearing a $30 diamond ring that they think is 50k. But I I feel like I would know. I think I would know too. Because if I was wearing a fucking ring pop, I would question the guy who paid 50k for it. Because you can pick that shit up at Chuck E. Cheese for like 25 cents and a token. At Charles Entertainment Cheese? Charles Entertainment Cheese is a purveyor of the finest flavors of ring pop. They got watermelon. (laughs) Check. You want blue blue raspberry. raspberry. Check. Check. 100%. Apple, it's there. Anyways, that's my takeaway. What I learned today is something that I think I've always sort of known, but it's just that most people are goddamn babies who need to understand that children are kind of just out here and you have to deal with it. Like the world doesn't revolve around children, but it also doesn't revolve around you. So get over it. All right. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of WTF Are You Talking About? If you enjoyed the show, we would love a rate and a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Only if it's five stars, obviously. Only if it's five stars, obviously. You can follow us on Instagram at what.tfpodcast. And tune in next week. That is right every single Sunday, apart from last one, but sometimes it's just like, I don't know what to tell you. Every single Sunday, there is a new episode up so we can join you for your weekly commute and have a wonderful time together. We love hanging out. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. But before you go, what I need to know from you, Emma. Tell me. What's the worst haircut? Ooh. Back in the day, it was a bowl cut, and it's, I still think that's a bad one, but it's is it still the a bad worst one. haircut? It really depends on the person for this one. I'm not a big mullet girl. I think you're going to get a lot of flaming in the comments on this one, but mullets are bad. Fight me. <laughs> <laughs>